more courage, more and more and more and more and more courage, more courage. Do you see what is happening in uh, Ukraine? Anyone saw that? Oh, man. And for no reason, how wicked people can be, how insensitive. But what I like about people in Ukraine, they're the contenders. They contend for the land. I mean, they're shooting a guy standing is. You have, you have this, this Russian soldier, well-equipped, but the guy is really speaking to them. Their eyes like that. And they shoot him. When the guy goes down, ladies run. But the Russian, they still have the gun. But the ladies run to rescue the guy. That's unbelievable. Contender. They're contending for the nation. Okay. More courage. Um, when Pastor Steve gave me, gave me this preaching, the only thing I can say is he talked to me about speaking um, something in the book of Jude. But the book of Jude is the smallest book in the Bible. It has, it has how many chapters? <laughs> Just one chapter with 25 verses. You can memorize that in a month. You will have it. So I said, well, how about talking about the entire book? <laughs> because it will, it will show the context very well when we talk about you. You will have the idea. Of the so speaking just one thing, it won't help. Let's talk about the entire book. If you look at the New Testament, you will, uh, you will see, uh, number one, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This recounts the uh, life of Jesus. Jesus' biography, I may put it that way. Then after that, that's the ministry of Jesus. Then after that comes uh, the book of Acts, that's the ministry of uh, the apostles. Then after that comes what is called epistles, epistles or letters. Letters. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, all the way to Judah. Then comes Revelation. So now, in the part of uh, epistle letters, um, there are two groups. The first group are intentional Letters that are written to specific people or specific churches. Thank you. Letters that are written, epistles that are written to specific people or specific churches, like the book of Romans is written to the Romans. The book of Philippi is written to the Philippians, like that. Uh, but there are books that are not specifically stated who is the receiver. Those books are called circular books or encyclic books, letters. What it means is when they wrote it, they didn't specify. It was sent, it went around and around and around and around to all the churches in the early, in the early church. 
So in that group is the book of James. My son is James <laughs> because I was giving a teaching at the college uh, on the book of James. Then that time my wife was pregnant. I said, by the way, the guy in there will name him James. <laughs> a man of action. <laughs> the, book, the book of James, uh, there's a book of uh, First Peter, Second Peter, there's a book of First, Second, and Third John next to the book of Revelation, and there is the book of uh, Jude. So these are books that are written to everybody. Anyone can relate to those books. The main purpose of those books, if you look very well, it is... Um, because of where the church grew, the early church was, um, the environment was not conducive to the faith. And this book's purpose was, how can you navigate around a culture like this so you come out strong in your faith? That's what those books do. They are called encyclic books or... Um, uh, Catholic books, not Catholic, meaning universal books. They, they relate to me, they relate to you, they relate to those who are in Africa, anywhere in the world. How can you navigate around a country culture, a culture that is, that is destroying your faith? How can you navigate around it and come out very strong? So now, let me meet James. Let me meet uh, Jude. Jude, uh, who is it? This Jude is uh, one of the disciples of Jesus was Jude. Jude is the same word as, same name as Judas. Okay? Jude is in Greek. Judas in uh, Hebrew languages. So it's the same, Jude or Judas. Now, there was one of the disciples Jesus that was Judas, another Judas, and then this one. Now, this one, according to theologians, scholars, this one who wrote this book is the own Jesus' brother. Okay? So Jesus had brothers, James, John, Joes, and uh, Jude. He also had sisters, but they didn't name Jesus is, he said, if you want to see that, it's uh, the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 3 to 4, you will see that. So now, this one is Jesus' brother who wrote it. And uh, why, to who did he write? It says very clearly, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James, to those who are called, those who are called and beloved and kept. Called, beloved, and kept. Are you called? <laughs> Let me ask you. Hello, are you called? Very good. I like that. Are you called? Are you really called? <laughs> it's very important. I want to hear you confess that you really are called. Okay, how do you know it? This is how you know that you're called. So what are you doing here? 
Simple. The devil cannot send you here. <laughs> it's only God will send you sitting down here and listening to this crazy English. It's only God that can do that. So the hands of God has already been working in your life without you even knowing. Because by nature, people don't seek God. By nature, people are God's repellent. They don't, they, they're slippery. They, 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 they don't seek God by nature. That's how we are made not to seek God. The Romans says no one seeks God. It says that everyone has sinned. So now, uh, Philippians will say that God is the one who gives you the will, the desire and the will. The desire to come to him and the will to do that. Okay? So, when you're sitting there, who gave you the desire? It comes from God. But when you think it's everything, it's yourself. No, no, no. You think that way because God is in you and works in you and he is invisible. He blows in you what is called desire. Then you feel that desire. That desire, you think it's you. It's not coming from you. You know, Jesus said in John that uh, no one can come to me unless the Father draws them to me. So in other words, when you see yourself loving Christ and coming to him and seeking his stuff, it's the Father doing in you. That means the Father is already working in you without you knowing. I mean, right now he's... The way your heart is pumping you, the Father is working in you. That's why you're loving what I'm talking about here. Because the Father himself has put that in you. That's good news. Jesus came to seek. And when he finds you, you think, oh, I, I went to Christ. No, 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 no. Christ came to you. He came seeking you. But you feel that it's you. No, 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 no. It's, it's Jesus. It's God seeking you. So, uh, you are called. Everybody say, I am called. Very good. It's good to be saying that. American church, don't be so calm, quiet. Sometimes you've got to speak. <laughs> I am called. Let's say that. I am called. Hallelujah. Yes. That's what we need to say so the devil hears that. And goes down. <laughs> Not just called, but loved by the Father. Hmm. This love is the commitment of God to you. Covenant commitment. That's why he will never leave you or forsake you. Some of us who are married, we understand very well the concept of covenant. So it does not matter how things are. The love is there. The, 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 the connection is there. So that's the commitment that God has for you. Number three, to those who are kept. Kept. Did you hear that? Kept, held. In Jesus. You look around, you don't see anything. But understand that you are Kept. You are grabbed in the hands of the Lord Jesus. 
So now, if you are grabbed in the hands of the Lord Jesus, nothing can pull you away. It is called eternal security. See, if you look in Colossians, Colossians says this, your life is hidden in Christ, in God. How many layers? Two. Do you, need, do you eat this fruit called coconut? <laughs> what you eat is soft, but to get there, man, you get to peel and to break it with a hammer. Then you find the soft part that you need. So for you, before going, going through the soft part to eat, you got to do a major job of breaking it. So your life is like that. The first layer is God. The second layer is Jesus. Then you are found in there. So that anyone who wants to snatch you away has first to defeat God, defeat Jesus. Can he? No. It's impossible. That is the reason why, let me tell you something. You can take 100 vaccines. You can die in the body. But your salvation is not touched because of the vaccine. Did you hear what I said there? <laughs> Fear the vaccine because if you want to live because of medical reasons... But never fear the vaccine because of what it can do to you spiritually. Because your life is hidden in the hands of Jesus Christ. So there's nothing, no injection that can just poke in you. Nothing anyone can do that can say, oh my God, my salvation is gone. Lord, see my salvation is gone. What have I done, Lord? Who stole my salvation? No one in this world can do that. This is very, very important. So that's why don't freak out unnecessarily. Don't freak out. Your salvation is bam, it's a dandel, it's secured. Nothing can affect it. It is why salvation is a gift. You can reject it. But there's no way the devil or enemy, even sin can come and steal your salvation. Did you hear what I said? Not even sin can steal your salvation. When you sin, you feel like, oh, it's a doom. No, 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 no. You're feeling that way because that's a sign. This is good news. You're feeling that guilt. It's because it's a sign that you do not belong to yourself. You belong to somebody higher. Because no one who's normal in this world will sin and, and start crying. No, they rejoice. Even some of them, they, they, they boast about doing wrong. They do something wrong. They boast about it. They boast about how much they drank yesterday. They boast about how many women they slept with. They boast about uh, how mad they are. They can kill somebody and, and, and bust their brain and things like that. They boast about bad things. 
But if you do something wrong and you feel so bad, that means you do not belong to yourself. You belong to the Lord. This is a salvation can never be snatched by anything. So now, Jude has written to those who are called, those who are Beloved by the Lord and those who are kept. You have been kept by the Almighty God. It doesn't matter where you go, what you're doing, where you're sleeping. It does not matter. You have been held by the Lord, kept by him. Eternal security. Now, point number two, we're going to see. They got to flourish in an adverse environment. They got to flourish in the adverse environment. We're looking uh, in Jude chapter 3. Is that there? Can you put that up there? Very good. Beloved, although I was very eager, eager to write to you about our common salvation, the salvation you have, is the same salvation that Peter got, the same salvation that Jude got, the same salvation James got, the same salvation that anyone in the world got from the time that Jesus died all the way to today. The same salvation. It does not matter how you feel. The same salvation. You can, you can see Pastor Bob all on fire no, 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 no. The same salvation that you have. The exact same. No less, no more. The same salvation. Common salvation that we share. I decided to write you about salvation, but I found it necessary. In other versions, they say, I feel compelled. I feel pushed. I feel obligated to change. Instead of talking to you about salvation, but I feel obligated to change, to appeal to you, to contend for the faith. <laughs> I changed my mind. How many of you, you write, you, you write a text message, you want to send, you say, uh, hold on. And then you delete it, you change. And later on, it's, oh, thank God I didn't send that message. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> thank God. So that's why. When, don't, be, don't, be, don't be fast sending the message. Write it, reread it, wait a minute. Listen, what is the Spirit telling you? Should you send or not? Then let it on send. You, 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 you will save yourself. Because there are things when you speak, when you send, that's it. Well, I didn't mean that. Will you forgive me? That's not what I meant. That's not. <laughs> to avoid that, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't be quick. Be slow. So it, that, this was the case of Jude. He wants to write about salvation. Say, no, 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 no. Salvation, why? Salvation is already secured. It's eternally, it's a done deal, it's sealed, that's it. 
Everyone is going to heaven, that's it. Why do I have to waste time to talk to them about salvation? It's better to talk to them about what is going on right now for this life today. Because we are not yet in heaven. We are here on this earth in the land of uh, Minnesota where it gets very, very cold. And people ask me, what did you come look for here in the cold land of Minnesota? So that's why Jude said, no, no, let me talk to you about contending your faith now, now, and now. That's more important. Salvation, you saved already. What moved him to change the subject? Inspiration. He was inspired by the Lord. Salvation, they know it already. Talk to them about what they're going through so they can contend. Like the Ukrainian, they're contending for their land, contend for your faith. I've decided to write to you, appealing, convincing you to contend, to fight for, to hold on, fight for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Fight for the faith that once was given to the saints. So now, what is the faith that Geo Jude is talking about here? What is the faith he's talking about here? Is it believing in God? No, 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 no. It's not believing in God. It is a series of teachings that brought about belief and that brought about practices. After Jesus ascended in heaven, early church started, they were living of sayings. It was, it's called, theology called sayings, meaning they will remember the thing that Jesus spoke and they will write that down. That's what they will read. That, that's how the early church flourished. Those sayings, Jesus' sayings. Then these teachings were very, very crucial. It moved from the sayings of Jesus. Now they start noticing that somebody like Peter, he's about, he's getting old, he's about to die. Hey, hey, Peter, 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 how about telling us so we can write, okay? I am Mark, you don't know to write, that's okay, but I will help out. Be speaking, then I'll be writing. Then Peter started speaking. He didn't, he was a fisher. Man, Peter started speaking, and then Mark started taking notes. Matthew wrote. Mark wrote. So the writing of the Gospel of Mark, that was Peter speaking, and Mark was just writing down. Even the letter of Peter, Mark helped him to write. So those teachings that they were writing, now were put together, canonized, put together, and this is what we call the New Testament here. Series of those teachings. So now, we look very well. All those teachings and practices together is this 
kind of faith that Jude is talking about. Contend for the faith, the kind of faith that was given to the saints. You have that faith, but the faith that you have, you have inherited that. It was passed on to you, the faith that you have. Passed on to you. So now, if we look very well, the question is, what is the origin of that faith? We have defined what faith is. Series of teachings that brings belief and that brings about the practices. For example, Holy Communion, loving one another, things like that, baptism. Those are the practices. So now, where did it come from? That faith was not taught and me, the elders in the church, we decide, we say, okay, from now on, this is what we're going to believe. Arbitrary choosing what to believe, what not to believe, and things like that. No, 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 no. This kind of faith is given originated from heaven itself. God is the one who decided. He decided this is the teaching. Jesus comes with that. When he comes, he teaches the apostles. Then apostles receive it. After they receive, the apostles pass on to you to lift church so that you are not the originator of the faith you are just the steward of the faith that was given to you. Passed from the apostles to you. It's not your faith. It's not your faith. How many of you have grandma who died many, many years ago? He left maybe a chair or, or a dress or a ring. And that thing is the most precious in the entire house. You'll take care of that more than anything else. Because it was left by my great-great-grandmother. Then it, it goes from one generation to the next. It's an inheritance that is priceless. You don't want to lose it. I went with a brother to, uh, to Africa to, do, to go do a mass crusade. We got there and uh, he had a bag, that brother. He's a Lutheran minister. He had a, a bag. So inside a the bag, there was something that he inherited for, from grandmother. So his bag was lost for a minute. Man, he cried. He cried. This is what he said. I'm not crying because of money that is there, but I'm crying because there is such and such for my grandma. If I lose it, that's it. Faith is also like that. You inherit it. You are the steward of it. Contend. 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 Fight to keep the faith of the saints, of the apostles. So, point number three. Now we want to see what did that faith look like? Well, Pastor Bob is saying, content for the faith, content for the faith, content for the faith. What did it look like? 
the apostles' faith, the apostolic faith. What did it look like? This is how the apostolic faith looked. Number one, the apostolic faith preached an abundant unity in the body. They were one. That was a value that could not be shaken. Jesus himself, when he was praying, in John chapter 17, he said, I am praying so that Father, let the disciples, the twelve, become one. Not only them, by the way, I want wherever they will preach, all the way, to Rochester, Minnesota, the cold place, when they preach there, those who believe, I want them too, to become one. How? The way I, Jesus, and you, the Father, I and you are one. I want that kind of bond among them. It doesn't matter where they're coming from. It doesn't matter what job they are. It doesn't matter social studies. But I want them to become one. How? The way you, the Father, and me, Jesus, I want. I, I want. I want them also to be exactly like that. That kind of unity. That's what the, the apostle preached and practiced. Number two, the faith of the apostle were the faith that was abundant Christ. In other words, there was no life in them outside of Jesus. So there were not people who said, oh, this is my job life. This compartment is my faith life. This is my marriage life. This is my financial life. This is my friend's life. And this one here, out here, this is my faith life. My Christian life. No, 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 no. Either it is Bob who is a Christian or it's not. That's how they lived. So you could not disassociate one person from Christianity to his job life to his... No, no, no. There were one. There was one Peter. There was one James. There was one Matthew. There was one Philip. There was one in every single aspect. Just one. You can never disassociate me. If you cut my finger, you will see Jesus in there. If you pluck out my eye, you will see Jesus in there. If you pull my entire arm, you will see Jesus in there. You pull my feet, you will feel Jesus. How do I live? Somewhere, and Jesus, somewhere, then when I want, I pick him back and put him back. No, no, no. Everywhere. Look. I mean, I am in Christ in everything. The apostles, because of Jesus, they had something to die for. Can you imagine? This guy came from a rural area. They go into the capital city, Jerusalem. I mean, they don't know the city. They are illiterate. They never studied. And they go in Jerusalem. They kill the leader, Jesus. And the Romans say, anyone who messing up with our kingdom, with our empire, this is what's going to happen to him. Publicly, they kill him. This guy who's come, who are coming from the rural area, they're freaking out. They're going to hide in soon. They come out. They say, hey, should we obey to God or should we obey to you? You choose. 
It's unbelievable. You tell us not to talk about Jesus. Should we obey God or should we obey you? You want to kill us? Here we are. We're ready. I mean, what kind of resilience? It looks like people in Ukraine. Eh? That's amazing. I am ready to die. And many of them, Paul, they cut his head. Peter, crucified upside down. All of them died some kind of death that was not because somebody was sick. No, no. They were killed because of their faith. They were ready to die for it. And this is the, the kind of faith that was passed on to us today. Oh boy, we freak out. Brother Blair, God bless you. You said something very important the other day. You said that uh, you, we need to have the bravery to speak the gospel. It doesn't matter. They kick you out of work. God will provide. God won't tell you, you made a mistake. You see, I told you not to speak about you not listening. See now, God will never do that. Let me ask you a question. Who if one of your children or one of your friends is killed because of you, you're going to say, see, you're not listening. They killed for me. You got your lesson. No. If somebody is disturbed, tortured because of you, you find a way to reward them. Right? It's natural. And God does more than that. These guys died because of their faith. These guys accepted to be burnt because of their faith. That's the kind of faith that they had for them Better to die for Christ than, than, than live for everything else. They live, Paul is saying to me, living is Christ. To die is again. Every now and then I say at my house, I say, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to live longer. I'm ready to die. My, uh, true. I say, you ask them, right? Right, my wife? <laughs> So people around me, I tell them, yeah, I, I would die. I can die any day. I, I've, I've accomplished what the Lord sent me to do on this earth. I, I, I can die. So ah, to die is gain, but to live is Christ. This is the faith of the apostle. The other thing in this faith is the abundant prayer. If you're reading this, this passage, do you have it? You have that passage of uh, Book of Acts, chapter uh, chapter two, verse forty-one. There, very good. Look at that. Those who received his word, the preaching of uh, uh, of Peter, apostle, were baptized. That's what they did. They got baptized, and they were added that day three thousand souls, winning the lost. That was another core value for them. They practiced witnessing, winning the lost. Look at that. They devoted themselves. They sold out themselves. Devoted. Devotion. Sold out themselves to the apostles' teaching 
and to the fellowship, to the bonding of one another. In fact, they met every single day to receive the teaching. That's how committed they were. I mean, for us, we have just one day, Sunday, for one hour. If Pastor Bob goes over five minutes, you have one more minute, I'm out of here. <laughs> just teasing. You're good. Ah, lift. I love you, man. So, uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching every single day. And to the fellowship, they committed themselves to the fellowship. I mean, if we have the fellowship once a week, you have seven days. Out of seven days, just one. After that one day, 24 hours, just two hours to the Lord. How much is that? And yet, those two hours, sometime, we bargain, we get back what we gave the Lord. <laughs> One Sunday we show up, and another Sunday we don't show up. <laughs> they were committed to the fellowship and to the teaching of the apostles. Because teaching gives knowledge. They understand better the Lord Jesus and God, how he works, mostly now in the New Testament. The teaching of fellowship and to the breaking of bread, communion, holy communion, and prayer. Wow. Prayer. Hmm. And prayer. Did you hear that? Devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer. To prayer. Pray, 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 pray. Prayer. <laughs> prayer. Devote themselves to what? Prayer. <laughs> to prayer. Speaking to the Father, speaking to God. How often do we speak to friends and to loved ones and how often do we speak to God? The prayer was really such a value for the apostles. As a result, if you read the verse that continue, it will say, as a result, there was, very good, thank you. Many wonders and signs. Wonders and signs. Wow. This is powerful. Do you understand what it means, wonders and signs? Another word for that is what? Miracles. I mean, this is a value for the apostolic faith. It was very crucial to them. There are people who never believe until, unless they see something. God is good. Then if he's good... He takes care of your soul. He takes care of your business. He takes care of your children. He takes care of your health too. Salvation is waiting for us in heaven. It's a done deal. Did you get that, right? Salvation is what? A done deal. Everybody say done deal. Very good. It's a done deal. That's it. You're in. Don't worry about it. Now let's focus today. Miracles for today. You need God's move because life is real. We face challenges where you don't know who to turn to. That's where miracles needed to happen. 
With this situation, you don't know what is coming next. That's where you need God's hand to show up. That is why, please, never undermine seeking God to show up in your life. Salvation, you already have it. But you need a company, a company in this life today. You want to feel that God is with me now. Okay, God, can we go? Yes, let's go. Then you walk with confidence. And that comes, you can see, right before that was a prayer. Prayer and many wonders and signs came among them. The lame walked. The blind saw. People with the mute spoke. The dead was risen, were risen. All those signs, sometimes I mean, what gospel am I preaching? Is it the same like the apostles? Why is it different now? After reading Jude, I'm going, uh-huh, I get it, I get it. It looks like I have not contended for the kind of the faith of the apostles. Look at Hebrews. Let's, let's go quickly there. It's not up there. Let's, let's go quickly. Let's go quickly. Uh, let's go. Brother Eric, do you have, do you have, do you have, a, do you have your, your Bible there quickly? Because I'm running, I'm running, I'm running late. Here, I'm running late. We have a couple of minutes here. Uh, do you have, do you have your Bible? Have your Bible? Uh, do you have Hebrew? You have Hebrews there? Hebrew, try to read Hebrew chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Let, let's hear something very powerful. Hebrews chapter 2. You have a very powerful voice. You can just blast it right there. Verse 1 to 4. Let's listen. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. Okay, hold on. We must do what? Pay attention to what? To what we have heard. Have you heard something? Yes. The teaching of the apostle, that's what you have been hearing. Pay attention to that. Hold on to that. Continue. Lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord. Okay, listen to that. <laughs> we saw that uh, this faith came from God to the Lord Jesus, then the Lord Jesus passed on to the apostles. That's what he's saying. It came from the Lord himself. And then next. And it was attested to us by those who heard. Who are those who heard the Lord? The apostles. The Lord brought it, gave to the apostle, and the apostle passed on to us. Continue the reading. Let's hear something. God, oh Lord, Lord, help me. Am I preaching your word, Lord? It's saying those who spoke, who preached, who spoke about the Lord, 
God confirmed what they were saying by what? And gifts of the Spirit. This is the faith of the apostles. Don't contend about the faith of Pastor Bob. Don't contend about what I'm preaching here. Contend about the faith of the apostle. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. I look at myself, Lord, what kind of preacher I am? Why is it dry? What am I doing wrong? Contend for the faith of these apostles. That's 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 powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's that's really powerful. Now, those are really uh, the core values or the practices of the apostles. Talk about the apostle going on without seeing signs and wonders. And no, 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 that was not them. Everywhere they heard that. Oh. The gospel has reached such town. They went there. They lay hands on people. The Holy Spirit came. You could these guys. You could never, never talk to them, and they could never find it normal without the Holy Spirit. That is something else, very crucial. No faith without the Holy Spirit. That's the faith of the apostles. The Holy Spirit was the key. They knew that the Holy Spirit is a babysitter. The Lord has gone to heaven, but now he has left the Holy Spirit. He's with us. There are places where the gospel reached, they went to us. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? That's very crucial. That was the faith of the apostles. So amazing. That's amazing. Amazing, amazing. Now, we are the descendants of uh, the apostles. We have been given that faith. Now we are their descendants. Let, uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 17. What is it saying? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 17 to 20. Ephesians 2 verse 17 to 20. Can you read for, for us, uh, uh, Brother Eric? So, go ahead. Jesus came to preach what? Peace. To who? To you who were far off. Far away. You were not a Jew. He came to, don't freak out. I'm giving you peace. You come join the kingdom. Continue. And peace to those who were near. Mm -hmm. To the Jews. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. In one spirit. The place that the apostle gave the spirit, it's amazing. Here is the question. Think about it. What would happen to our church if the spirit said, okay, I'm not going to work here anymore? Will it bring any change? What would have happened to the ministry of the apostles if the spirit said the same thing? I'm not going to operate here. I'm just sitting down. Would you have seen a change in the ministry? Absolutely. Why? Because they depend on the Holy Spirit. It will not make much difference 
now here among us. Why? Because we don't depend much on the Holy Spirit. When something is not important, it can be there or not. Everything will be all right. Everything is going to be all right. It can be there or not. <laughs> Everything is going to be all right. It can be there or not. Everything is all right. But when something is crucial, if it is not there, everything is crippled. What is the place you're giving the Holy Spirit in your life? <clears throat> Don't you know he's your babysitter? You can talk to him. You have pushed him to the corner so far. He's jobless. Put him to work. Huh? Continue the reading, bro. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens. Everyone said, that's me. Everyone said, that's me. It is saying that you are no longer a stranger. It does not matter what Pastor Bob says about you. It doesn't matter what Pastor Steve says about you. It doesn't matter what your wife says about you. It doesn't matter what your husband says about you. It doesn't matter what your boss says about you, what your uncle, dad, whosoever says about you. You are not a stranger. You are God's own household member. Continue the reading. Fellow citizen, look at this. Fellow, you fellow citizen with Peter, the saints, Peter. Fellow citizen with John. Fellow citizen with Philip. Fellow citizen with the Apostle Paul. Wow. Oh, no. Fellow citizen. <laughs> you know, when I became an American citizen, everything changed. That day, <laughs> I said, okay. It was President Bush who said, uh, my fellow Americans, I said, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No. I'm telling you, American passport, it's amazing. You guys don't understand what your passport means. <laughs> I can land anywhere in the world just with an American passport. True. After heaven, it's America. <laughs> it's true. Give the Lord a round of applause, America. Hey, yes. It's true. After heaven, it's America. Oh, don't you know that? Ah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, continue, 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 continue. Continue that verse. Continue that verse. <laughs> Built on the foundation of the apostles. Huh? Built? Listen to that. Built. Who is built on the foundation of the apostles? Ah. You are built on the foundation of the apostles. That means... These are apostles. This is Peter. This is John. This is Paul. And now I come. Paul, how are you doing? 
square there so I can stand myself here, right? You and me are equal, right? The same material in you, the same material in me. So now the teaching that you receive, you pass on to me. I'm going to hold it very well and protect it. What you did, that's what I'm going to do. What you believe, that's what I'm going to believe. The practice you do, whatever the core value is my core value. Do you see that? Yeah. Because we are built on the foundation of the apostles. What they did is what we do. What they believed is what we believe. It's not a matter of debating today here. Oh no, today, you got to understand that was in the past. Today, we don't believe in demons. You know, our, our culture is not like that. Maybe in Africa there, yes. Because it's a dirty place. You can see demons. But here in America, there's no demon things. So what you're saying is you have given demons a limit. And you ask them, demon, before you come to America, you need to have a passport and a visa before you get here. <laughs> These are spirits. They have no boundaries. They can fly here, fly out, and all that. Jesus believed in the spirit. The apostles believed in the spirit. They taught it. It's in the book of, uh, of Colossians. Everywhere you see dominant principalities, evil spirit. It's there everywhere in the Bible. Jesus didn't kill them. Where do you see in the Bible Jesus killed all the demons? No. He just cast them out. They went Back and forth, he did not kill them. They are. What causes the church to split? Here we were about 600, down to 60. What does that? Oh no, you got to understand, that's just people. Oh well, you got to understand that demons are invisible, they work in people. You think it's the people behavior, it's coming from demon. Believe that. If you believe that, your prayer will change. The way you're perceiving things will change. You see a person doing bad things, you will understand that it's not him, but demons in him. You see the husband all the way going back to pornography, you become so frustrated because you cannot compete with thousands of pages of models against you one wife. It's impossible to compete. They flip from one page to the next. It's difficult. It's not much. You just one woman. But those websites have pages after pages after pages. Why do you think the husband will stay the whole night up flipping those pages? Can you match that with you, one woman? It's difficult. So that you've got to understand, those are demons in your husband. If you understand very well, you'll pray for him. You won't beat him up. Demons, you don't beat them up. You'll be beating your husband, but demons inside, uh, <laughs> they're laughing. They're not touched. You touch demon by praying in the name of Jesus. The church is divided. And the very people 
in the church that is divided, they don't believe in demons. Well, guess what? They say, yeah, this is a good place. They don't see us. Come on over. Hey, you in Wisconsin? There's more space coming here in this church here. They don't recognize us. Yeah. Those who watch boxing, they know very well that if there is something a boxer will want to do is to knock the eye of the opponent out. Because when they are blind, they stagger, they lose control. They don't know which way he's coming to attack. Demons are also like that. When you don't recognize them, they flourish. They really, really, really inflict deadly damage. Apostles, they knew that we are built on the foundation of the apostles. So now, why contend for the faith? Now we're going to, to end. Why contend for the faith? We contend for the faith because of the environment we're living in. The environment we're living in is very anti-faith. Let me ask you, who has a big company that can hire all of us here? No one. Who has a university where we'll send our children? No one. We have jobs that are owned by non-believers. We have universities that are owned by non-believers. We work in places that, that is anti-faith. That's where we are. So now, it can affect our faith. Contend for that faith. Contend. In the case of Jude, you will see that if you read uh, from verse 4 down there, you'll see uh, Jude is saying that they have come men, men that have come in there among you who are doing this, this, and that, and are trying to destroy your faith. That's why you have to contend. One of the things that those people who intruded in the church, what they were doing, they were pushing people not to believe in the spirit, not to believe that angels do exist, not to believe. So when they talk, they look like Christians. That, you read, that's what you're going to see. They look like Christians in everything. They were even teaching. But when they talked about spiritual things, they will, they will, they will mock about them. They will mock. When you talk about the spirit, ah, this, this a moron, man. It's, it's, what is that? The speaking tongue, what, what, what is that? So that's foolishness. I don't believe in those. Do you believe in angels? Well, I don't believe in angels. What? What are you believing? This that Jude is talking about, that's how they were, these people. They were like that. It was sad. There were people, uh, uh, Jude is saying, they were led by the instinct. They don't have the spirit. He says exactly that. Read verse 8. That's what you'll see. Verse 8. Jude 8. You will see that these people, they, they're led by the instinct. So they do think they think it's God leading them. No. They're led by the instinct. Well, my gut feeling, really? My gut feeling. Gut feeling is not bad. But God feeling does not mean necessarily it's God. 
Gut feeling is good. But not every gut feeling is from God. Gut feeling is your instinct. Okay? You may be right. You may also be dead wrong. We have gone in places where people say, Wow, oh, that guy, my gut feeling, my gut feeling, well, then you don't know God. Because if you knew God, you would have known that this brother is your brother. He's really coming from the Lord. Gut feeling can be deceiving because understand that we as human beings, we are ruined already. We are corrupt. Mostly when we're not praying, that flesh will rise again. These people were like that. They stood against the spirit, against angels, against the authority of Christ. That's why Jews said, hey, watch out. We're living in this exact society today that is like this. That's why many of us are teaching our kids in the house. Homeschooling. Because we take them to a public school. They're teaching kids wrong things. I agree with you. But unfortunately for me, I am an idiot. I don't know to do a mathematic theorem to teach my kids trigonometry. I don't know that. How am I going to teach them at home? You are smart. I'm not. Then this is what I did. Okay, let's do this. I told my this. let's do this. Let's equip them here at the house. Equip them, equip them, equip them, equip them. Then release them in the world so they will go contend their faith. No, we got to teach them here in the house. I ask, are you going to teach them trigonometry? <laughs> no, teach them here. Okay. Under your bedroom, do you have a college you're going to send them to? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Where is the company you're going to give them to work? You wish you have all those things. You don't have. You're bound to live in the world. Don't freak out, bro. Some of you are in a better position. I mean, you say, I don't want to go to their meetings because, because what? Go speak there so they know that some a child of God is here. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go speak up. Does God not see? He sees where you are. He called you where you are. Don't be afraid of Mayo Clinic, UPS, wherever you're working. Work there. Don't freak out. Don't feel guilty. Contend for your faith. You got what it takes to contend your faith. And above all, understand that your salvation is already a done deal. Your salvation is what? Done a done deal. You head up, speak about Christ, be bold, contend for the faith. And, uh, and verse 20 is saying that keep on building yourself up. That's what you got to do. Build yourself up. Speak 
to the Lord every single day. Speak to the Lord, not just to ask for the Lord to heal you, not just to ask for the Lord to give you money, the Lord to give you a job, a house. Those things are good. But to build yourself up, you're going before the Lord just to speak to him so that his presence will fill you more and more and more. That's what will build you up to be able to contend. My brothers, I understood this. I'll be building myself up with, with heaviness in the heart. But I have to tell you, as I stand before you, I've spent 23 years, 23, without a fever. It's true. No headache. I don't know how they feel headache. It's true. No flu. It's true. 23 years. I don't know tomorrow. I'm ready to die. But so far, this is what I'm telling you. <laughs> that lady who's speaking there, my wife, had all the symptoms of uh, COVID about two months ago. I was in the place where I go to pray in my garage. I got all the car out. I said, car stay under the snow. This is the place where prayer will, will be done every single day. I get out. He is, she is in the quarantine in the bedroom. The kids away. I go there. I get in his, in, under her blanket there. No, no, no. Stay away. Say, no, 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 no. I'm here with you. You're not chasing me away. I kiss her. Mama, mama, mama. <laughs> what happened the next morning? I didn't hear. The next morning, everything gone. I never felt fever to this day, nothing. Normally, it should come to me and I will be the next. But not. My brothers and sisters, build yourself in your inner man. Build yourself up. It's available to you. The presence of God it's available to you. Every day. There's no day, no time that the Lord will be busy. You know. Let's stand up as we close.